This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, presented by McConnell Automotive on Sports Radio 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the WNSP app. The Dew Sweepers is also brought to you by the Taylor Martino Rowan Law Firm, Stokely Garden Express, Taco Mama, and Strixon Cleveland Golf. Now, stepping up to the tee, here's Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Dew Sweepers. Once again, I'm your host, Tony Ruggiero, here on the Dew Sweeper Lesson Tee, and we've got a great show for you. It is Open Championship Weekend um, over at Royal Liverpool. going to be an exciting weekend. It's one of my favorite uh, events of the year. I love the opportunity to get up in the morning, and golf is already on. It obviously finishes uh, much earlier over here than the primetime U.S. Open we had a month ago, but it's going to be spectacular. you got a lot of great players I think we're in a period of time here where you've got you've got the best players in the world, a bunch of them all playing good at the same time, and uh, which is producing some great leaderboards. And it's obviously great to see Ricky Fowler back playing great. He's so good for the game. You look at Rory's putting good again, uh, playing well. He's great for the game. And then you look at obviously, uh, you know, you've got. Uh, I mean, you just got so many, you got so many guys playing great, and especially you know Brooks, Kepka, um, DJ have been playing well. So it's going to be an exciting week. Great golf course, um, and we've got an exciting show for you if, if you're interested in learning how to get better at golf. And I'll go into that a little more here in just a second. But but say unfortunately something's happened in the last week, and and you need an attorney, right? Say you've been rear-ended, something's bad happen to you you've you know uh health wise whatever it is and you need legal representation and you need somebody to represent your best interests and fight as hard for you as as you would fight for yourself well that there's no question that the folks around here that are going to be the best for you that are I mean, it's like picking the dew sweepers for golf instruction you want to go when it comes to picking an attorney you want to pick the people with the most resources have had the most success. I always talk about like you want somebody that's won the most cases or you want a golf teacher that's made the most people better. I mean, you wouldn't go to a golf teacher who everybody you know that went to him has played terrible and gotten worse. Well, the same thing. You want to pick a you don't want to go to a lawyer who doesn't win. You, these guys are winners and I'm telling you it's our boy Ed Rowan at Taylor Martino and Rowan at 433-3131. That's 433-3131 and folks, he's passionate committed and knows how to fight and has the resources, has the best experts, has everything you need. So if you need a lawyer, call Ed Rowan at Taylor, Martino, and Rowan. That's 433-3131, So what do we have on tap for the show today? We're going to go in a second to the uh, Shrixon Cleveland Golf Tip of the Week. Before we do that, though – we got to, I'm going to explain what's going on in the show today. Once again, we're putting out some fantastic content. The golf world and the instruction world has changed greatly. Uh, no longer do everybody does everybody rely on picking up their golf digest or their golf magazine for instruction and tips. Uh, although I'm always excited and proud of the opportunity when myself uh, and Morgan Hale was actually with me not long ago on a golf magazine article. I think it was the it might have been the June issue, May or June issue. Anyways, but um, 
That, so our job is to help continue to educate those of you out there that are passionate and committed to getting better at the game. And so we're putting lots of good content out. Uh, and here on the radio show, we're trying to draw attention to that, help help you hear and see all the great stuff that that uh, is out there to help you improve your game. And if, you, if you're new to this show, uh, everything here is about making you play better golf. Uh, and we also put out a podcast at least once a week, but – these podcasts, uh, it's called The Tour Coach, and it's on all the places that you can uh, get your normal podcast. you got iTunes, Spotify, um, you know, Google Play, all of the stuff, right? Um, the Tour Coach is on there, and we're, gonna, we're playing some of the better ones for you because I think it's such great content. And this week, I sat down with Kevin Kirk, and it's a pretty in-depth, complete conversation about how to really get better and what the process is to really achieving greatness and to really performing better. And this is some wonderful instruction content from one of the best. Kevin's a friend of mine. We've talked together a good bit. Uh, he teaches Patrick Reed, a host of others, uh, had a lot of success for a long time and uh, a very intellectual, very learned instructor. And I think you're going to be fascinated if you like teaching if you like playing golf and if you really want to get better, so we're going to play. Uh, we're going to play the tour coach with Kevin Kirk here uh, for you, and so uh, let us know what you think. But there, but you can always go listen. We got lots of great stuff out there. We're also putting a ton of great stuff out on YouTube every day. I'm basically. Uh, we're putting a scene out from our instruction. So when you go to our YouTube channel, it's a little bit like being here in the studio or being on the lesson tee with us at Old Palm or wherever. Um, you know, it's like sitting right there and watching our instruction. We put scenes up. Uh, recently, we put a great one up for if you if you have a reverse pivot. Um, you know, you you get tilted at the top, and then on the forward swing, you can't finish on your front foot. If that sounds like you, there's some great stuff on our YouTube. All you have to do is go type in you, go into YouTube and type in the Dew Sweepers or Tony and the Dew Sweepers, and we'll pop up. Uh, get, getting a lot of watches. We got I think around a hundred thousand every month. People tuning in to check out uh, check out our golf instruction. So hopefully you will as well. And it's now time to go to the Shrikson Cleveland Golf Tip of the Week. And uh, I think it was last week I had I'd put talked on during the Tip of the Week. I talked a little bit about you know uh, practicing more effectively, and that's kind of a focus. Uh, we're going to talk about it with Kevin as well. Uh, I know Jackson and I are always talking about it. And one of the things we talked about was going on the golf course. And somebody had messaged like, hey, what are the ways to best ways to practice on the golf course? And, you know, I think practicing on the golf course is something that's overlooked a lot. I think a lot of you feel like, oh, if I got to practice, I got to go to the range. And I think a lot of people avoid practicing golf because they don't enjoy it, right? They'd rather play golf. And so they think, well, I don't like practicing and, you know, I, I just go play. Well, there's a lot of things you can do on the golf course, uh, that are practiced that, and it will help you get better, especially in this time uh, of year when the, you know, when the, uh, when it's so light, so late, right? So you've got the opportunity after work, maybe to, to jump out there in a cart uh, and even play if it's three holes, four holes, you don't have to play nine, but I mean, if you can, that's great, but, but you could go out and do a lot of work in three holes. And here's some things that I suggest people do. 
these are common things that I've done and I do with my tour players or I do with developing juniors or I'll do with folks that are just trying to get better. The first one is I've talked about before is I think that's fabulous is to play a worse ball scramble. <coughs> Excuse me. And so that is, you know, you hit two tee shots, you got to play the worst one. From there you hit two second shots, you got to play the worst one. Then from there you play the third and so you know where it's tricky too and it helps your putting and it helps you perform better under pressure is if you make a five footer for par, you got to make it twice because you got to play the worst ball, right? So, a worst ball scrambles fantastic practice. Uh, second thing I like to do is just randomly scatter three golf balls every hole you're out there, especially if you're playing like three four holes, and randomly scatter and play the ball where it lies, and use use your imagination. Think of where you generally leave shots, right? Like. Uh, you know, when I'm on this hole and I don't hit a good shot, where do I tend to hit it, right? Uh, or where are the places that I miss it if the pin's here? If the pin's back left, where do I miss it? And, you know, I'm talking drop them in bunkers, uh, rough, easy shots off the fringe. What, what, You know, give yourself a mix, but play the ball as it lies and try to get it up and down. And And your goal should be to try to get two out of three average on every – if you do that, you're basically close to tour average – and I think that's a fantastic exercise for all of us. It's worked with me for lots of my players, right? It's a game. It gets competitive, um, simulates real uh, experiences out there. The playing it as it lies is fantastic. It also gives you a different shot every shot, so you're not so you're very much mentally engaged in each shot, and you're analyzing the lie. All of those things. An- another great exercise. And then the last one is. You know, go out on the golf course and play your normal hole, but then drop a ball from 75 to 125 in the middle of the fairway and hit a shot in and keep score. See if you can get, see if you play it in like it's a par four. You know, see if you can play better than par or par better from that distance, right? On the par fours and the par fives, you go to 100 in or 75 in and play your third. It would be like your third. And, what this does is it helps you see one, how good is your wedge game? And it helps you practice it. It kind of exposes your weaknesses in your wedge game and distances that you aren't very good, which is good to know. And then lastly, it also kind of reflects on your driving. If you shoot great scores with your wedges there, you know, but you you don't shoot good scores on regular maybe you're not as accurate off the tee or there's some other things you need to address so three great games to play other than just going out on the golf course to go play three or four holes in the evening that i think will give you a really good chance at improving your game and that my friends is the Shrixon cleveland golf tip of the week want to remind all of you we're going to play here the tour coach podcast i'm sitting down with kevin kirk one of the great teachers in the game check out the tour coach podcast check out pro work on youtube our series with bushnell some great behind the scenes inside the ropes look at our instruction and how you can get better and as well as our youtube channel tony and the dew sweepers so i'm tony ruggiero lots going on here on open week all of us are here to help you play better golf and i'll be right back with more help for your golf game Watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show on WNSP, presented by McConnell Automotive. Once again, 
your host, Tony Ruggiero. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here on the Dew Sweepers Golf Show. And this segment of the Dew Sweepers is brought to you by Stokely's Midtown Garden Center right there at the Loop on Government. Blaine Stokely, huge supporter of the Dew Sweepers, great friend of ours, but also has the best home and garden center anywhere in the southeast. They've got the best selection of plants, water features, everything you need to make your home and garden look like one of the pristine golf courses that we see week in, week out on the PGA Tour. So check out Stokely's Midtown Garden Center, and you're about to listen to the tour coach, my podcast here on the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, and a sit-down that I had with one of the great teachers in the game, Kevin Kirk. If you really want to learn how to get better and you want to learn how to perform better, just sit down for a few minutes and listen to Kevin and I help all of you play better golf. All right, so joining me here on the Tour Coach, one of my good friends, one of the great teachers in the game of golf, Golf Digest Top 50 instructor, and if you got a ballot, you better be voting for this guy again in this next election or I'll come after you. Kevin Kirk, he's over across the pond now getting ready for the Open with Patrick Reed. We've had the opportunity to teach a decent bit together over the last few years, so uh, always excited when I get the chance to talk to him. Kev, what is up, my man? Tony, what's up, man? I am uh, just delighted to be speaking to you, man. That's so um, just just like you, I'm out to trying to rid the world of hacking. So it's a pretty monumental task, as you know. Oh yeah, so, we're not going out of business. I mean, there's not no, a lack sir, of people to not. hacking. The game is too hard. Um, so. so we'll pick your brain a little. We one of the one of the things I'm passionate about and dear to me is is you know we've come up with that golf coach development page, Justin Parsons and. Jackson and Wayne and myself, and we've got a lot. We've got over, I think we're like at 250 young teachers that, uh, you know, come on it and listen or trying to get mentored. And, uh, you know, a bunch of them had asked, you'd been in on it with me before, had asked to bring you on. And I thought, you know what, while we're doing this tour coach podcast, might as well get you to come back on. And, you know, uh, one of the things I've always liked about my time with you is everything is geared to me towards performance. Okay. Uh, like very seldom when you and I would sit around Doral or go have a drink, did we just talk? Did you start talking specifically about golf swing? Everything was more geared towards performance. And I think that whether you're a player listening to you and I or you're a teacher listening to us, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's something that needs to be focused on. Whereas I think a lot of people get really caught up in the minutiae of trying to make a golf swing perfect rather than really looking at how they can help a player perform better. Yeah, Tony, I agree. I mean, I've, I've taught this game a long time, and I've gone down all those rabbit holes. I've chased technique, you know, with the, with, the, with, the, with the thought that improving people's technique would somehow transfer to performance. I've chased technology. I've chased, chased a lot of things. And it's interesting because almost none of those actually influenced, you know, impacted performance. And it wasn't until I took a – a deep dive and started trying to understand, you know, what is, you know, how, what's going to really move the needle. Um, uh, it's just not what I thought it was, you know, and I think that's always, you know, sometimes things aren't what they appear. So, you know, you see people that are able to perform, uh, you know, these tour players specifically, or even a high school or college player, player. I mean, you start trying to figure out what's next for them and, you know, you just gotta be really careful. And I think for me, you know, the thing that kind of really captured my attention, I was I was at the Ryder Cup with Patrick Reed in 2014. Uh, sorry, yeah, 14. And uh, he had made the team as a rookie, and he and Jordan Spieth were both rookies on the on the team that year. And uh, he was putting a little pod with uh, uh, Jim Furyk and Matt Kuchar. And so the young guys are playing the old guys, and they're playing for a couple hundred dollars. 
you know, automatic one downs, you know, in these little matches before the before the Ryder Cup. And I watched Jim Furyk single-handedly uh, beat uh, Patrick and Jordan out of a couple grand each um, <laughs> over a couple days out there. And uh, Matt Kuchar had to come out of both barrels. He was struggling. The course is super hard. And so Matt Kuchar single-handedly beat those guys senseless, you know, just – and I, it was it was it was interesting because I mean, you know, watching him kind of move the golf ball around the golf course for two days, uh, it, it suddenly occurred to me that 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 there was something more than technique involved. I mean, because you watch Jim swing a golf club, and you know, from a from a from a um, traditional kind of golf swing uh, perspective, you would never encourage anybody to do that. Anything that he does, I mean, he, he looks odd over the putter. He looks odd chipping it. His pitching motion looks awkward. You know, he, his swing motion looks awkward. Yet, the, you look at the guy's record. He's broken sixty twice. He's been on every Presidents Cup and Ryder Cup team. He's done everything that you could do in golf, and uh, but nothing of nothing that he does looks like golf. Mm-hmm. And so I started paying attention to what was happening. And was and what he was is he was actually when he was asked he was competent. And I think there's a big difference in in a dis- distinction, in the in the you know I think what we really should be focusing on with with when we start talking about moving and moving the needle of performance is competence. That's what we're actually looking at. Mm-hmm. So is the player competent? So when he's asked to hit the ball in a fairway, does he do it? Yes or no? Uh, when he's asked on his approach shot to hit the ball on the green, you know, within a kind of a certain uh, proximity, does he do it? Yes or no? And if he misses the green, around the green, fairway rough or bunker, does he? You know, does he chip the ball in or put it close to the hole? Yes or no. And when he puts the ball, does he go in? Yes or no. And so when I started looking at it from, you know, those those are the four games that we played, off the tee approach, around the green and on the green. So once I started looking at, at trying to understand, you know, performance, you know, it led me to kind of looking at benchmarking, you know, what is, what is best in class in those categories. And Watching Jim Furyk, he was best. He he was able to do that. So he, when he, you know, off the tee, you know, best in class for for world class players is the ball in place seventy percent of the time, right in the fairway, and then approach on the green, seventy um, percent of the time there. Around the greens, up and down seventy percent of the time, and twenty nine putts. And you know something, the guy did it, and. You know, so you got these two young players with a bunch of flashy games and all these flashy shots and all this good technique, and he just field dressed him. He left him out there look like a couple of deer that he, you know, field dressed out there. Just horrendous. I mean, he just beat their socks off. So, um, you know, I came back and I started kind of looking at it from almost a money ball perspective, trying to figure out, okay, the, if they're if I'm going to try to kind of actually, prefer, you know, move the needle in performance, I need to understand what good is. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing that I had to do. So at a world class level, as we talked about, it's seventy percent of you know seventy percent confidence. Um, but there, there, there's also some some other things that you kind of look at too. Uh, there's the amount of variance that you can tolerate. So for a world class player, it's five percent of the distance. Um, so at hundred yards, yards right and left, two hundred yards, ten yards right and left, three hundred yards, fifteen yards right and left. So that's the cone that they play golf into. So seventy percent of their shots go into that cone, off the tee and around the green on the green, I mean, on approach. Um, the other thing that the really world-class players do is they don't have a, you know, they, they're, they've got a, a low magnitude miss. When they miss one bad, it doesn't go out of play, you know? Yep. 
Because that's the other thing that drives people's score up is a a high magnitude miss where they stand up and all of a sudden they've hit it 50 yards offline and they've got to re-tee or they lost a ball or whatever. So so those were the things that I I concluded after kind of taking a deep dive on on was, you know, understanding, okay, what is good and how do I benchmark that? And the second thing is, you know, once once we kind of determine the the benchmarks and, and, and what good is, figuring out where the player is and then trying to kind of figure out how to train that. Um, the training actually was way different than I, than I thought. I, I was always under to the impression that if you could clean somebody's technique up enough or kind of make them, keep the track man happy, then that somehow the golf ball would kind of go into those areas. Right. But it doesn't. Um, it seemed like the harder I focused on trying to get people to swing well and trying to try to make it go into that zone, uh, the more internal their focus gotten and the worse they were at it. Yeah. I love so, that. So so what do we ended up having to do is to try to actually move the needle is, you know, we've always got always got technical projects with players. So we've got a pattern, you know, they're their patterns and we have little we spend a little bit of time each practice session uh, just calibrating their you know, getting them calibrated to their pattern. And so maybe the first ten or fifteen minutes of whether it's putting or chipping or full swing, whatever. Uh, just spend a little time, just reminding. Okay, this is this is the stuff that you got to pay attention to, and every every player's got their own blueprint. You know, and it's not like everybody's got to do the same thing. Um, but once that's done, the rest of the of the practice is is not so much repetitive block practice as much as it is. Um, it has to become task task oriented. Okay, so in other words, if I gave you a task and a task sheet and said, okay. I want you to accomplish these tasks on the green. I want you to make this many short putts, this many long putts, and your job is simply to 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 accomplish those tasks. And so, once you give somebody a bunch of tasks, usually the focus goes from internal to external, and performance starts climbing pretty quickly. And and if you're not if the players aren't training themselves with that external focus, it's almost impossible for them to do it when it counts. And that's where most coaches go off the rails. I mean, I've seen a lot of great coaches. You know, I've been around a lot of people, but it's the second that it gets the, the players start getting too internal with their with their thoughts and their feelings, or they get too attached to their track man or you know whatever whatever technology that they're trying to that they're uh, they're trying to kind of keep happy. Focus goes too internal, and next thing you know, they've lost they've lost the plot of being able to look at a target, and make the golf ball go there, or you know, put it in the hole from a certain distance, or chip it into. So, so most of the, the training that we do. With our players, is if we were trying to build a ratio, it's probably the first. Oh, I would say, let's say 25% tech, uh, technical or just kind of pattern work, and then there's going to be another. The rest of it's going to be uh, task-oriented, ball control, and, and things that that we feel like build competence. So, I mean, that's a. I know that's a, that's kind of a long story about how I got there, but that's that's kind of what we. This is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to Kevin Kirk and I sit and talk about development in your golf game and how to perform better from our recent podcast on the Tour Coach. If you like what you hear, check out the Tour Coach anywhere podcasts are available, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of those platforms have it for you. I'm Tony Ruggiero, and we're going to be right back, though, with more help for your golf game and more from my sit-down with Kevin Kirk. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, live on 105.5 FM and WNSP.com. 
Keep it in the fairway with Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero. You know, I look at my perspective and, uh, you know, I think that one of the biggest things that I not changed in my teaching, you know, I think you kind of always known it, but like is you get all these good young players coming up. I'm fortunate I've got some young folks, whether they're college or juniors coming to college and then college players embarking on their professional career. Like this thought that if I get everybody's face to look this way or pivot to look this way, I mean, they're going to become a great player. And we go down that hole and and then you look and you're like, well, I mean, the golf swing on on the swing catalyst looks great, right? But the guy's not any better, right? Right. And we've all walked the tee at a tour event. I mean, I've been there with you and we've walked up and down and you watch a guy and you see like, I mean, this guy never misses a shot. How has this guy missed six cuts in a row? Right. Right. Yeah, and I think I think we start kind of looking at it, Tony. I think you and I have talked a lot about this, and I think you and I, are, you know, we're probably in agreement. You and I agree on a lot of things, but this is a, this is something I know we agree on because we talked about it. But I, I do think when you start kind of looking at 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 coaching, particularly at the highest levels, you know, we're we're talking about uh, advanced players, we're talking about people that are you know competitive golfers or people that are trying really trying to push the push the curve. Mm-hmm. You know, it it occurs to me that kind of you know the the, you know, the only question that you should be asking is, you know, is you cut relative to their benchmarks, what's good, right? What are they, mm-hmm. what are they doing well? What needs work? And then what's the plan, right? And the plan has, if the plan doesn't move the needle, then you need not to do it. Right, right. If it, if it doesn't move the needle, you shouldn't do it, okay? Now, because there's all sorts of interesting things you can pursue. But if but what's moving the needle? What's getting, what's lowering their score? What's helping them chip the golf ball two feet closer? What's helping them with their proximity? What's helping them with the reduction of this of this high variance miss is taking this is making the miss cuts, right? So those are the questions that you need to dig into. And you know, the easy thing to do is have them walk in, uh, you know, a little interview, watch them kind of, you know, swing and then you can you can every you can find somebody something wrong with everybody's swing and immediately say, Okay, well you fix this and it's gonna take care of that. But it you, very, I mean, very. Every now and then, you'll get lucky, and that'll happen. But most of the time, it doesn't. Doesn't, yeah. How do you find what? What's the process you go through with a player so I, there, yeah, to, two, fi- to find out what that, moves the needle? There's, there's two things that I found. I, I know what the benchmarks are. I've got, I use, I use statistics, so I know if a person walks in, they want to shoot even par. I know what the benchmarks are, and if I know if a guy is trying to kind of push it to the tour level, I know what that benchmarks in. If a guy, if a guy's breaking eighty, I know what those benchmarks are, right? So having the benchmark, so when they when they walk walk in, um, there's a couple things that I can do. First off, I can ask them to kind of bring some stats with them. Say, hey, listen, before you come in, I want five nine, you know, five rounds of stats. So when you come in, I can very quickly look and say, okay, you know, you know, doing well. This needs work, and this is a plan. So I mean, that's that's a, that's a no-brainer. <clears throat> if you don't have time to do it, just go watch them play, right? I think that's the most underutilized, probably coaching thing that we that you know we do, and sometimes it's hard because you're in a driving range or you know you're you know you're you know you're you're a club that's super busy and you can't go on the golf course. But that said, if you want to understand how people, what you're gonna to have to do to, to to help them move the needle, you've got to watch them move the golf ball around the golf mm-hmm. course, right? Yeah. And so and 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 there's you know you and I, you know, spent a lot of time trying you know years and years and years out there watching the best players in the world. 
and it's interesting because you got a gr- there's a group of coaches you and I would include you in this group that love that go out and watch the players play. Yeah, right. I just don't think you can help them unless you watch them play. I'd agree with that. Because there's things that come up and play that just don't show up in practice. It just it's, it's never going to show up in practice. And and the only thing I'm really concerned about if, is with those with players at that level is lowering their score, right? Helping them get, you know solve whatever riddle it is that they're that's, that's required for them to get from where they are to where they want to go. And so if I'm developing a young player, I've got somebody, a 14 or 15 year old, that's a different story. Cause I, 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 I there are things that I believe technically that, that, that I like that I, right, that, I, right. I, that I, that I've anecdotally think, you know, I've, I've seen, seen enough of this coaching along, along the way that when players do this, it seems like it, you know, it, it works better. And every coach has got that, you know, and, you know, the, the great thing, you know, when you and I get together is our, our perception of that is really at very, very close. I mean, we see things out of the same filter, right? But there are coaches that don't see it that way. And, and, and it, you know, however the coach sees it, it's fine. Right. But, but, but what you've got to be careful of is taking, you have to be very, very careful when you start dealing with advanced players. You know, I, I, I would say that probably the best thing that you could do, you know, another thing to, to consider is, is, trying to kind of figure out how they, you know, how they go about doing things. So if I saw so Jim Furyk would walk in my office before I would, before I had that little, um, you know, that, that moment of clarity around my, in my coaching, I swear to God, I would, I, I know that I would, I would ruined him. I, I promise you I would have. Okay. Yeah. Because I, he'd walked in and I, I, I wouldn't even listen to what he had to say. I'm like, dude, you can't do that. I mean, that's just never going to work. You know, mm-hmm. yet, He's it works. One of the best players. He's one of the best players I have. So my job is to, with high with these, these high performance players, also is is to, and actually players of all level is to is to, not rush to judgment about what you're seeing, right? Maybe take them out and watch them play a few holes and let them show you what they can do. Right? Yeah. They may be able to take that that kind of that awkward looking swing and hit it right in the middle of the fairway every time, right? And knock it, you know, you know. So, so, it, you know, I think the, there's a lot to be gleaned by going out and watching people play and taking them out on the golf course and trying to let them get show you what they can do right and you know there's a there's a, one of my one of the guys that's inspired my thinking also is a guy named graham walker he most of tommy fleetwood a bunch of guys in europe and that's why that's why i learned this task training because he he had a, he had a camp his, his, you know, he coached the junior english junior team and i went out and watched him coach one day and he handed all these kids a task sheet so here's the tasks for today. This is what these are the tasks for putting. This is the task for short game. Here's your your iron shots and here's your tee shots. It's just a list of shots that he wanted them to hit, and he just sent them out there and let them go, right? And he would walk into these different areas and he would run across and just how you doing? Are you, are you able Are you able to do this these tasks? And if the answer was yes, then he would leave them alone. But if he ran across somebody who was struggling with something, I'm struggling with this task that you give me. Okay. Well, let me watch you do it. All right. Yeah, let's let's try have another try. And then if you you have another try and, and you can't sort it out and you don't understand you don't understand what you're doing at that point in time I'll interject. But there's there's also something I think to be said for the idea of giving a kid an opportunity to just try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. We as coaches think we have to rush in and give them all the answers. I think the best learning is just a lot more organic than than I, I initially thought it was. Right. So if you so you know if you get a, give a kid a wedge and, and put him right around the green and he's you know say okay I, I want you to do these things on these approach shots 
you know, accomplish these tasks. And simply the focusing on the task and going more, more external in most cases will sort it out. Right. Uh, as I listen to you, I think, you know, I, I always think back, you know, I think back like through a catalog of experiences I've had with players. And, and I think that one thing I tell young players now that are coming up and whether they're high school or, and then I tell other coaches too, is, you know, I can remember when, you know, I had a really, my first really good player and, uh, you know, he he didn't play didn't play well. Hit a stretch, he wouldn't play well. And the automatic response was that there's got to be something wrong. You know, and you start searching and start trying to change things. And I think that that's it. I think that you know, if you don't go watch a player play, and you or if you don't, you know, and you don't keep up with a lot of the things that you keep up with, like I think that's a dangerous road for teachers and coaches. Sometimes there's nothing wrong. You know what I mean? Or, or I mean, You're not right. that there's nothing wrong, but it's not the golf swing. Right, and I it's think not, that, it's not it's not it's not what you think it is. Right, right, right. Not, right. So. And because you see all these players, and they go down these rabbit holes, Kevin, like, and teachers, and then they, you know, and 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 a lot of them come back from it. But like we've all known people, I know that go down those rabbit holes that are really good that don't ever come back out of them. Sometimes it, right. you go too far. So yeah, golf's a funny thing because in in most most things in life, if you just work hard, mm-hmm. you can go, you can get to a really really high level. Right. right. In golf, you can on pretty just natural ability, you can get to about eighty. But from get from eighty to seventy, it's a different story. And the problem is, if you work hard on the wrong things in golf, you get worse. You don't yes. get better, right? So that's where a competent coach can help you. Somebody who can who's able to to help you understand what it is you're seeing and understand what the, you know, what the what are the true, what what am I really dealing with here? And then and then how am I going to approach? How am I going to move the needle? How, how am I going to going to make this, you know, actually make an impact on, on my scorecard, my ability to perform, you know, it's just a, uh, it just, you know, it just has to be better thought out. I mean, it has to be a lot of listening, a lot of observation and it's, you know, not rushing to judgment about things, letting people show, giving people an opportunity to show you if they can do it or not do it. Right. You, Cause, you know, Cause like I said, Jim Furyk showed me he could do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I understand why you're good now. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't miss a shot, you know. So, so, but looking at it from the outside, looking in, I would have never concluded that. I would have said he's got the guy, guy. He can't be hitting that song. He's got to be clanking it around. You know, he's just smoking mirrors. But the guy hits him in the middle of the face every time. He's got complete control of his launch and spin. He knows exactly what he's doing around the green. He's ridiculously good. Uh, you know, and you know when he puts it. It looks like he's falling out of a tree, and every time the ball rolls up, if it doesn't go in, it goes right over the edge. I mean, the guy's just, you know. And, uh, you know, credit to his dad that didn't enter, you know, said, well, if you can do that, then I'm just going to stand here and let you do it. You're doing it well enough, you know. That's good enough. That's above the benchmark. This is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to Kevin Kirk and I sit and talk about development in your golf game and how to perform better from our recent podcast on The Tour Coach. If you like what you hear, check out The Tour Coach anywhere podcasts are available iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of those platforms have it for you. I'm Tony Ruggiero, and we're going to be right back, though, with more help for your golf game and more from my sit-down with Kevin Kirk. Watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show on WNSP, presented by McConnell Automotive. Once again, your host, Tony Ruggiero. 
I, I always think that one of the hardest things, I know how good you are at this, um, is, you, you know, when a player comes to you, I think there's this instinct, regardless of what level, is like you feel like you got to tell them something, right? And that they've been doing something wrong. And, you know, I think there's teachers out there that, you know, they'll try to put their mark on a student, right? Like you've come up with something new. Well, I think one of the hardest things as a coach or teacher is to be honest with them and sometimes like to not tell them anything and to say like, yeah, I mean, your golf swing's fine. This is what the problem is, or this is what the problem is. Because sometimes they come in with preconceived notions from people around them or themselves. And I think that's one of the harder things. I know how good you are at that. Like you, you're, you're honest, you're open with them. I mean, sometimes that means you get fired, right. For being honest, Sure, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but, but understanding that you're not, sometimes it's okay to not tell somebody to change something. Well, I, I think, you know, going back to kind of the, the, you know, the, my, my screening process has changed a lot. I mean, my, my screening process now is if you can bring me some, some performance data about, about your last five rounds, that tells me a story. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the other important story is having you sit down and tell them your, let them tell you your golf story. I mean, how did you, how did you get started? Tell me how, I, because my job when, when a new person comes in, it doesn't matter if it's somebody who's just getting started or a tour player smart in my office. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make anything right or wrong at this point. All I'm trying to do is is get caught up with you. All right? mm-hmm. I've got to jump on I've got to jump on the boat with you. I've got to figure out where you are and how you got here. Right? Mm-hmm. Because because that has a direction. You know that that their 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 story. They've they've started down this road, and it's you know in most golf stories aren't straight lines. They're all sort of mm-hmm. zigging zagging all over the place. But let them tell you this story. And the only thing I'm gonna try to do on the front end on on day one. The first several hours that I spend with them is try to get caught up with them and try to understand the way they go about doing things. And in most cases, with with particularly with advanced players, my job is to simply to help them learn how to do that better. I don't. In most cases, I don't think it needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I've you know, I've, and I've done it. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm, same know, here. Guilty as charged. I, if it didn't look like I wanted to look, I would automatically assume that, okay, the reason that they're not getting it done is because it doesn't look like I want it to look. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, the, or it doesn't keep, or the track man, you know, the, the track man's not happy with it, or the, you know, their biomech information's not correct. And so, once again, that's based on some sort of modeling. And then you, so my, so I've, I've just had a lot more success being able to, to, to slow down my process, you know, my rush to judgment, make sure that I'm not trying to make anything right or wrong on the, on, for the first in several hours we spend together, I want to try to. I want. I need some information from you about how you perform. I love. I love you for telling me your golf story. Let me go watch you do something. Present some. You know. You know. Watch hit some shots and with a driver and some approach shots and, you know, around the green and on the green. I uh, usually shoot some film of that so I can start trying to make heads or tails about how they do it. And then at the end of that, I'll you know sit down and say, okay, these. This is what I think we're doing well. This is what needs work. And this is this is what I propose we do, and then I send them home to think about it. I never try to hard sell them on anything. I just, you know, they get if if they if they want to kind of come out and train, it has to be on their terms, and they have to feel like okay, I'm at the right place. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, no, so there's no packages of lessons. I've never sold a package of lessons to anybody. Uh, I simply say, okay, if you want to come out, this is you know this is the this is the work we have to do. Uh, let me know what you're, you know, let's periodize it. Do you, I mean, when's your, do you, do we have time to mess with this stuff right now? Or do you need to, you know, focus on, on, uh, have to wait, you know, there's, there's, 
the, the periodization of all that's also you know like super important. So and and you can, there's certain things you can do in season that you can't do, you know, that, right. you know that you know there's certain projects that have to wait for the off season because it's going to be too disruptive. Right. And I've done that too, where I've said, okay, let's go and take this project on. You know, it's you know it, it disrupts their focus, and you know they derail. You know, so so having the <laughs> having the you know the ability to kind of look at that, listen to what it is that they're trying to do, listen to the, to their, you know, their, 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 their timetable, and then try to, you know, there's, the, there's usually going to be some low hanging fruit you can pick off that will help improve performance right off the bat. Right. And then if you've got a big project that requires any type of major change, whether it's technique, equipment, anything like that, if you can do, if you can try to kind of hold that off into a time where they actually got time to, to, to adapt to the, to the change you're asking them to make. <coughs> I think, yeah, I, I, and I just we last question kind of wrap this up. One of the things that I I think that you you've touched on TrackMan, and you and I <laughs> sat and we've talked before about gears and different things. And I think one of the hazards that people have to watch is falling into this what the tour average is, right? Because your your example of Jim Furyk, I mean, well, I mean the definition of average is just what the middle between both extremes. So there's people on both extremes, but like Jim Furyk wouldn't have been probably if you put him on gears and a lot of things wouldn't have been tour average on any of those things, but it worked. And I think that uh, with all this technology and with all the stuff out there, there's this, I think people have to be cognizant and aware of the fact that there's a lot of different ways to do it. And the way you coach them and help them perform helps them get there. And that some and, People just have to be careful about that. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. I think you know one of the things that I I heard Mark Bull say one time, and I think Mark's one of just the brightest guys ever. Mm-hmm. He, he just he just said, Kevin, it's just n equals one. And I said, What are you talking about? He says it's always a population of one. So the person in front of you is, is unique. They they go they've got a different way they go about doing it than anybody else on the planet. So comparing them to any other model is really dangerous, right? Because you're not you're not trying to you're not trying to compare them to another model and then move them towards that model. You're trying to help them be a better version of themselves, right? And so right. you got to be very, very careful about that. You know, like I said, I, uh, you know, I, I, I think statistics are kind of, you know, are interesting. You know, I, I, I can use, you know, I do use those just to try to figure out what level of performance needs to be. But, but you know, trying to compare anybody's, anybody, anybody else in golf is like one of the most dangerous things ever. Yeah, I agree. And I and, think that's uh, where people he, go down a rabbit hole. Correct. You know, and, and then so, you know, you, it's, easy, it's easy to put these two values up on, on a screen and say, well, look at the, the, you know, these are different. Okay. The, but the question is, is that, you know, what's the, you know, what's, what's the price you're going to pay to try to move from A to B? And sometimes the price is not, you know, you end up paying a price that you don't, you know, the, the price is too steep. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, real quick before we let you go, well, your thoughts on the Open Championship this week? What's it going to take to be successful out there? Wow, I, I just walked around the golf course for the first time. I've not seen Royal Liverpool until I got here this week, and uh, it would, had been pretty dry over here. They, they've had some rain, mm-hmm. some golf courses softening up, but the wind, the wind's definitely kind of pumping. The course is going to be a handful. It's just a, it is just a big. I mean, it's just you know every shot's challenging. You've got, you've got, you know. The, the sight lines off the tee are, are you know, are, are a little bit confusing because of just got a lot of, you know, movement of terrain. Uh, the wind is blowing mostly across the holes, which is 
Mm-hmm. Always creates a little bit of chaos. Yep. Uh, the green complexes are such that they they actually, you know, you can hit a good shot. They can kind of, but they're all set up to kind of feed towards, uh, you know, towards these little bunkers and all these little. It's just you know, so it's going to be. I don't know. I'll you know, you asked me probably maybe on um, you know Thursday morning I'll have a better feel for. It. I'm I'm still trying to get my head around what I'm seeing at this point in time, and it'll. You know, each day I'll get, I move around here, I'll have a better better sense of it. But uh, it's it, this is gonna this golf course is uh, it's gonna be fun to watch the guy the best players in the world play this thing. I can tell you that. Kev, awesome stuff. Great insight for all the teachers out there and the people that want to play better. As always, I appreciate your support, friendship, and taking the time to sit in with me. Good luck to you and Patrick this week and the rest of the year, bud. Thanks, pal. And before we uh, before we stop, Tony, I, I do want to stop and, and just thank you for all the work that you do in this space. I know you're, you know, you you love to teach, uh, you know, but I really love this thing that you that you do about you know trying to help these young coaches. And uh, you know, I admire you and I admire your work, and I I really appreciate you letting me kind of hop on your hop on your show. Anytime, brother. You guys have a great week. We're pulling for you, and we'll look forward to catching up soon, bud. Thanks, Tony. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here on the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, and you've been listening to a sit-down with me and Kevin Kirk, taken from our Tour Coach podcast. If you like the stuff you heard today, check out more of our content available for you with the Tour Coach, wherever you'll get your local podcast. Also, you can find us on YouTube with the Pro Work. Just type in Pro Work. A lot of behind-the-scenes, inside-the-ropes look at how we help the best players in the world all the way to weekend warriors get better at the game. And I'm Tony Ruggiero. We thank our sponsors, Stokely's Midtown Garden Center, McConnell Automotive, Taylor Martino and Rowan, uh, as well as Shrixon Golf, Cleveland Golf, and Vineyard Vines. We'll be back next week, as we always are here on the Dew Sweepers Lesson Tee, with more help for your golf game.